Welcome everybody again to the Tag You're It podcast, and I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And uh, we are with you again, so this is kind of going to be a bonus episode. So just to let you guys know, we don't like to go over an hour. Um, we definitely could, and we can do that, but uh, we like to have like nicely neat chunks, you know, roughly, you know, give or take an hour, a little bit over, a little bit less, unless if it's a debate or something like that. And so we had to keep things, you know, an hour a week. Uh, we don't want to take up too much room in your life and things, but we do thank you uh, for uh, including us in your life and the, you know, the people that we know that um, that you guys listen to us. We uh, we like being in your lives too, that we know you and uh, you know take uh, what we do here on the podcast. And, uh, and just kind of discuss um, issues in real life, either in the barbershop or at church, uh, wherever we um, end up meeting and, and just talking over things, you know. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for your support and uh, just uh, including us in your lives um, in whatever way that uh, we are included in your lives. We like being the being a part of it um, as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. But anyway, um, yeah, we went through uh, the articles on the last one, and uh, that took us about an hour and seven minutes. So we wanted to split you split this up and this gives us something to definitely upload um you know and just keep a constant upload going once a week um you know as you guys have gotten used to especially sometimes we'd like to do twice a week um those are fun too whenever we're able to do that so dave you excited about some memes oh man ready to get into some meme theology it should be a a fun and uh eventful program where we get to uh deal with what seems to be a very used and even useful tool for expressing oneself. You know, uh, just from a rhetorical standpoint, memes demonstrate a few different things that I think are really important. They're a quick statement, right, that assumes a lot of things and also takes for granted a lot of things. It's a one-sided piece of communication, right? And often we'll look at them, laugh, and not really think too much about them. Majority of the time, they seem to be humorous, right? Uh, I don't really know the full history of memes. What an interesting paper uh, for us to write next year about meme theology yeah. uh, from a uh, from a researcher rhetorical standpoint, and and likewise, uh, just from an apologetic standpoint, why it's important that we actually deal with the cultural tool, cultural phenomenon, a rhetorical artifact that is meme theology, right? Because memes do make theological statements, and particularly we're going to look at a few that actually do that. Now, one is not really a classic meme, but it certainly acts as a meme in that it is a picture with a brief textual statement in it, and it's a one-sided piece. They're often to be seen in a kind of a a quirky standpoint, and, and oftentimes there's supposed to be a quick quib, right, that what makes a one-sided drop-the-mic type of uh, argument. And, and that's why it's important for us to actually deal with them and think about what the full total theological statement that's being made actually is. And I'm glad that we take time to do that. Yeah, and I mean, so, uh, you, just uh, the way the culture is now, a meme might be um, the only way to get just one little stone 
um, in somebody's shoe. Um, so, you know, if we're wanting to present the gospel, um, you know, I, I don't want to say mean, I mean, I think, uh, I think we can definitely over meme and all that kind of stuff, but I do think that it is a useful, you know, we can redeem these things and, uh, you know, for just people being so scrolly, I think that's the issue with memes is, uh, since they're just scrolling, maybe you could actually have a meme that, you know, cause the gospel, the gospel can be said in just a few words. He became that's sin. Right. He knew no sin, you know, so that we could become the righteousness of God. That's memeable. Um, so, you know, whenever people are just like scrolling through Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever they're doing, you know, they're just scrolling up and down. Um, maybe somebody in the moment where they're just bored and they're zoned out, maybe a meme with the gospel on it could be the one thing that makes somebody think, you, you know, but that that's giving God the results. Um, but if you're going to meme, like I said, we should think before we meme and all that kind of stuff. We shouldn't just be willy nilly sharing anything. Um, I understand that there's a context to it, you know, and, and sharing something funny, you know, it's not necessarily horrible, but you know, especially whenever it's um, theological in nature, it should, uh, you should be sharing things that are consistent and you should think about the consistency, even of five words, um, to a full message, uh, of the gospel. And so, you know, we should think and make sure that, you know, again, we've like discussed, you know, Jesus dropped the charges, right? And it's like, no, Jesus didn't drop the charges and, you know, people are going to cling to something like that. Um, but that's not going to be the true God that actually isn't the true gospel, um, no, you had charges against you and he became those charges and he was suffered because of your charges. So they weren't just winked at, you know, so it's stuff like that. So, um, that's why memes are so important, um, to discuss, um, as we go into that. So, um, uh, with that said, we'll get ready to have some meme theology. So here we go. All right, we are in the Meme Theology studio, and again, Dave is on the phone, so he didn't get the awesome, uh, cool pump-up music <laughs> going into it. I'm sorry about that, Dave. You know That's what it okay. sounds like. I'm you all right in your head. To, uh, to not get it. It's all right. I'll, I'll live. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, pretty much uh, last uh, episode with the articles, we kind of got to break away from some of the, uh, they're still hot button issues, uh, but we didn't talk about the soup du jour um, stuff. So I guess uh, it's uh, high time to talk about the soup du jour finally. So we're going to talk about masking, uh, church, um, all those kind of related things. Those are uh, just it's everywhere. Um, sort of tired of talking about it, but you know, it is, it is what it is. It needs to be talked about. And especially whenever, uh, there are horrible things, um, that are exhibiting, not the gospel, um, are exhibiting, uh, untruth. And you know, why, why are there articles that we went through last time that, uh, you know, Americans, um, believe as believe in a workspace, um, issue and not the gospel itself. It's because we put means up or we make signs in this case, um, that, do not reflect the truth of the gospel. Um, you know, you might be being silly. You might be a, you know, you might think it's a joke. Um, but again, what you write is what people see, especially right. in this case. Um, so this first meme, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a meme. It's just a, a picture of, uh, for the podcast guys that uh, can't see anything. It's a, it's a sign. Um, it looks like it's in, in the yard. I'm just going to assume that it's in the front of a churchyard um, about wearing masks um, in for church. Uh, for the gathering anyway. And um, it's got a picture of, uh, you know, the white Jesus and a mask um, next to it. And it says for the, or for the safety of all face masks are required to be able to call yourself my follower. 
So again, so, I, I don't know if this is at a church. I don't know if this is something just found in, in somebody's so my first yard little or business piece. or, but yeah. Yeah. So my first little piece is, um, that statement is trying to say that Jesus said such a thing. Yeah. Um, that is adding to scripture, which is a very serious heretical thing. Yes. That is acting as if by Christ's authority, we are saying you have to do this. See, Jesus said that you had to do this. Um, there is some serious problematic issues from a Christian, from a consistent Christian worldview with making Jesus say something that he did not say. There is nothing in God's revelation that actually says that that is true. Here's what I would say. If you're going to jump to the conclusion that by, uh, by wearing a mask, I am loving my neighbor as myself, then you need to be able to substantiate that with a peer-reviewed journal article. But yeah. further, you actually shouldn't even say that. Even if you have the peer-reviewed journal article that says, and multiple peer-reviewed journal article studies that say that, if you're going to jump to the conclusion that Christ said that, you better be ready to back that kind of statement up with Christ. You have to wear a mask in order to call yourself a follower of Christ. I would like a scriptural reference to that, but further, when did Jesus say anything like that? Actually, what we see with Jesus is telling us to go and minister to the sick, put yourself at risk for the sake of the sick, and care for the people that are actually sick and dirty. Not that you have to wear something that will prevent you from getting sick or dirty, which even then I would question the idea. So this idea, what would supersede the gathering of the saints? This statement on a little sign, this meme, or what God has said about how important it is to gather with the believers. Um, again, the church has, for all of history, gathered amidst sickness, amidst disease, in order to worship God, because worshiping God is that important. So, yeah, yeah. sorry. Go yeah. for oh, it, yeah. Adam. And I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think I, I, I saw this, so Darren Stitt, uh, which was on our show um, with the uh, Southern Baptist uh, for abolishing abortion, I, I think I saw him post this, like, you know, kind of face palmy <laughs> anyway. Just yeah. like, what? So this is where, where I got it anyway. But, you know, it's like, uh, well, he broke uh, a commandment, you know, putting the image of Jesus on there. Um, yeah. Well, says, if I'm correct, I believe this is the LDS artwork of Jesus too. <laughs> you know, so it's like how many, how many commandments were broken? So it's, you know, it, it, so you got the, you got the 10 commandments and stuff like that, but you get into Deuteronomy where, where you said, you know, Jesus, you know, God told Israel not to add or take away anything um, to the word, um, to the written word. So if, uh, um, you know, this is something that uh, has to be said in scripture um, this can't be something added to or you know taken away um, from scripture. So this just breaks a ton of commands, and uh, you know it's just the vitriol. This is this is the the symptom of the vitriol of the whole mask debate. And, you know, and and it's one of those things. And I do want to state, you know, um, just to let you guys know um, that we are just not blind followers of the people that we study uh, or listen to or hear. You know, I do have a problem. That's what what's what's going on with mask right now. Um, um, you know, James White, uh, Jeff Durbin. I love those guys to death, but I believe um, they're on the other side of this issue and they're calling them face diapers and they're making fun of people. They're getting triggered by people in their cars, wearing them in their cars. You know what? I'm going to call it silly, right? I don't know context. 
I don't know yeah. if the person um, just doesn't like taking it on and off all the time. I don't know if the person actually has a fear um, and stuff, you know, and it's sad if somebody has a fear to where they're in their car by themselves or um, they're, they're in a place where they're the only person for, for a mile and they're walking with a mask on. I wish they didn't feel that way that they have to wear it. Um, you know, that, that, so I'm more sad for the person, but I think, uh, on this mask issue, we need to really understand, um, the whole issue of the meat eater and the vegetable eater. I think, um, you yes, know, and, I agree with you on that. and so, you know, so it's one of those things I want to, I want to put it out there for people to hear, um, you know, here's one side of the issue where you have the vitriol of wearing a mask and, uh, it's coming down. This is an identity marker of a Christ follower is you will wear a mask. Um, on the other side, um, if you are wearing a mask, um, you are not a Christ follower. And I know that James White and Jeff Durbin wouldn't go that far, um, but they are seriously, I think, in error uh, making fun of it and uh, and being so dramatic about people wearing masks. Um, do I believe that ma- masking is a government overreach? Well, with the da- data, I do. I do believe that masking is an overreach, um, but I'm going to find better arguments than ad hominem ones that just make fun of the people wearing them or not wearing them. Um, and, and I'm going to agree with you on that, Adam, 100 uh, percent for me when it comes to masks, like I, I do not like to wear them. But if I'm told, hey, you need to wear them before you come into this store, I just figure that the shop owner has the ability to tell the people that are going to come in what they need to do in that case. And so I'll wear one. And uh, just to put the idea of wearing your mask in your car while you're driving. I was in Springfield last week when you cut my hair. Was that on Thursday? Yeah, Something Thursday like of yeah. last week. You cut my hair. And, of course, uh, you all as a shop, uh, the position is, I think, in Springfield for yeah. everyone to wear a mask. And uh, I know that there are some shop owners that don't really uh, seem to probably follow that to uh, the closest standard. Uh, and so uh, I just put it up to their conviction. And so... When I was in Springfield on Thursday, I wore a mask into a place, got into the car, and uh, continued to drive with my mask on, and it was only because I completely forgot about it being on, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. and so, I mean, there could be a a myriad of reasons, but, you know, it's, it's, we need to, as Christians, we need to be more kind and not just, you know you know, just, uh, poke people, um, with the fact that they're wearing a mask, you know? And uh, I mean, I think I need to, you know, I feel sorry again, if they, if they are that afraid that, that, uh, about the virus and wearing a mask and all that stuff, like there's a, they're like, we got to understand that they are afraid, um, of something that I believe is, is stupid to be afraid of. And I, and, but it's not, you know, it's not necessarily their fault. They're, they're getting fed this stuff. And so I'm more, I mean, there's a lot more to the issue that we need to understand, you know, that we need to look at that person that's wearing a mask and, and, and feel sorry that they're so afraid about it. Right. And then, so we could have a conversation like, you know, why are you so, like, what are you afraid of? And I mean, those, that, that's the kind of conversations we could have with people um, um, because of what we see in all this stuff. So, you know, either way, but, you know, I just want to put it out there, you know, I don't agree with making fun of, of people that wear a mask and all that kind of stuff, even though at the same time, I do agree with the government overreach, uh, that I agree that the data doesn't support, uh, the government, uh, making, making us do this. Um, but at the same time, um, we live in a world of, of where sin happens, uh, where we're finite creatures. Um, and, and there's just a certain element of absurd absurdity. Um, we have to maintain, 
and, and embrace and, and live with um, just kind of like uh, just we can, you can take John MacArthur as the idea at the very beginning of all this stuff. They, they didn't meet. Um, I'm sure he had no problem with wearing masks and stuff like that. Um, you know, and so out of grace, um, because it's an absurd situation, you know, he can seem to be inconsistent with things that now at, after coming to light, you know, um, you know, the, the, the death and the case issue, the, the, the loading of the word case now to meaning something absolutely horrible when it's actually not, we come down with cases of stuff all the time and it's not bad, but that, that word now case has become a negative death connotation even though case and death are two different things um, that's right you know and so um there there's a l- element of absurdity that we must have grace for um in this world um and, and yeah dude right yeah. on and so you know um so now that that's the other side but when we get into this um this is not gracious at all um this is not uh dignifying to anybody at all and the you know whoever made this sign whoever supports something like this um is just an an utter um it's not biblical um they're they're going to end up holding somebody down um that doesn't uh need to be held down this is this is an unjust an unjust well, sign and to me it's just pandering it's just pandering to the spirit of the age right to make that type of statement. Obviously, you don't care what Scripture says uh, about the image of Christ. Yeah. You need to do your homework better and not yeah. get the LTS. Again, Matthew 5. <laughs> Matthew 5. Jesus says uh, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, and that if anybody were to teach anybody to um, to disregard the law, to go against the law, you know, that was that's not right. That's not That's not justice. That's not right. So Christ presupposes the law. And so, you know, Jesus would require what God would require and we get, we, we take care of sick people. We, we, they, they are outside the camp. So if you're sick, quarantine, if you um, feel like you're having symptoms, quarantine, but at the same time, um, Jesus would not support government. And um, this is another economy. gospel. Yeah. We, like, because and this is another gospel, yeah, completely yeah, another totally. gospel to make that statement, yeah. to call yourself a follower of me, right? Yeah. To call yourself my follower. You have to do this. You've now added to a works, but you've now created a workspace, uh, salvation, right? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, again, completely counterproductive to the gospel. I don't know where this church is, but if it was my church, I would certainly find a different church at that yeah. particular point. Yeah, I'd and I let them know why they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to fight for that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is just a—it's uh, definitely against uh, what the civil magistrate um, is called to because they're called to the God's law. Which um, you know, I—I I mean, I've been able to use this as a great opportunity to talk to people about uh, the law of God, and actually, um, because because of uh, the debate that goes on, that you know, there's a different God in the Old Testament, a different God in the New Testament. This God was a meanie in the Old Testament, and he's such a loving dude in the New Testament, and I'm. I'm able to go in the Old Testament with people and show them that God is being much more gracious in the Old Testament than our civil government is now. Amen. Because the robber, the robber, the person that could not pay or anything could have everything taken away from him to pay the person he robbed from, um, and but still had to have his working tools to make food. He could still have food. Yeah. He couldn't have his job stolen or whatever it took to make him food. They stole my job. I could, you know, they, they took my working tools away and God and God's economy. Um, he would not have that. 
Um, so God was much more gracious than our civil magistrate um, now. So that shows you that's the same God in uh, both covenants. Um, but I've been able to use this. So, I mean, the great thing is, is even, even in these times, I'm able to uh, stand up for the faith, um, the hope that lies within me and show them the God that I serve. Um, and it's really awesome whenever I get the opportunity to show how graceful God is in the Old Testament, because that is a, a argument. Um, that people believe and a lie that people believe today that, um, you know, the God of the Old Testament isn't gracious. Whenever all I can read in, a fe- in Leviticus now, um, because of the change heart that I have and the eyes that I've been given, I can see nothing but grace in the book of Leviticus, which people think Amen. I'm stinking crazy <laughs> for. No, I, I thank God for that. That's not my work. Um, that's his work um, as he's done in me. But, you know, this is just a, where antinomians, um, for the most part, um, would probably support this sign. But here's where they're legalistic now. And so, you know, look at the whole nature of the person that uh, says something like this. Um, are they consistent in their legalism or are they mostly antinomian until their feels and then they become legalistic? And I'll go to show you the inconsistency um, because they're not actually following the law of God and they don't care um, to and they don't and they and they don't want you to follow the law of God either because they don't want you to find grace. Um, they want you to find out, that, you know, they, they want you to serve them. They don't want you to serve God. And that's what this kind of sign does. Um, so, uh, I would just say, you know, I would question the person's, um, uh, convictions and where they stand, um, if they actually put up the sign, well, <laughs> it's, do they know the it gospel? shows the absurdity of yeah. the liberal church. Yeah. We can add to God's word. We can reject God's word by creating an image of him. We can add to the works, uh, add and create a works-based salvation. Three major flaws. And those aren't the only places that the liberal church rejects God's word. Again, we're disregarding the Ten Commandments, right, by making a graven image. We're adding to the gospel, and we're adding to God's word. So you will see within the liberal church a massive disregard for God's commandments, a massive disregard for God's word, and an adding to a works-based salvation. And we see that through things like the social go- social justice gospel, right? We see that by clearly rejecting God's teaching on human sexuality. So this, while this meme is so small and says so little, it actually says so much. It yeah. is a running commentary on the liberal church and the liberal gospel right there in front of our face. Again, yeah. disregard God's commandments, add to God's word, and add to the gospel. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what the liberal church does. And you could actually take any liberal church and see them doing that. Those three things time and time again. So what's funny is this sign isn't meant to be a running commentary on how the liberal church functions, but it certainly is a liberal running commentary on them completely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, move on to the next meme. Uh, it's another. Let's uh, let's not just talk about masks. Let's talk about COVID. We haven't talked about that um, today. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we'll get rid of that one here, and we will move on to COVID. And so you know, if you guys, uh, Springfield, Missouri, uh, we have a buy sell trade group that has now just turned into a meme fest. Um, and it's not just a meme fest, it's we are definitely, we hate God, and we're just going to show everybody how much we hate God. That's basically how I interpret um, what's going on in that uh, buy-sell trade group. 
they just need to rename it the uh, I hate God memes group and i mean that at least be honest but i guess they don't have to be honest anyway uh but anyway uh, i saw this one and this one is just uh, just sign of the times here this uh just shows you worldview issues and all that kind of stuff um speaks speaks volumes and so little but um it's a meme on a sunset it says uh covet has killed 1.6 million people in the world and if you are alive use a few seconds to thank god and i mean i'm not a sucker for a lot of emotional memes i think we should uh even without covid uh, i mean we want to we want to get sentimental in times i think every morning that you have breath you should thank god and it doesn't matter Amen. what's going on around you if it's covid or the flu or black plague just how what whatever spanish flu h1n1 whatever um i think you should be every day thanking god for the breath that you took as you woke up and became conscious to the new morning in the world, there's new mercies every day. I think uh, it shouldn't even just be there. It should be just every, every chance that you can just slow down um, and realize that you feel that you see, that you smell, that you taste, that there are people around you. You have good conversations. Um, I think you should thank God for being alive um, and conscious of his creation, even though it's fallen um, there is still goodness in it. Um, that you can see because it's reflecting God's glory. Um, but you know, That's we're right. going to get sentimental. And then, so somebody gets sentimental and then somebody does the antithesis to that and says in, in a very sarcastic way on the bottom underneath that says, uh, thanks God. Thanks for killing 1.6 million people. It just goes to show you, uh, the mind of the sinner. Um, well, knows the God reality is those same people will actually celebrate that, uh, Millions of babies are killed in the womb every year, yeah. right? Um, those same people will be more than happy, right, to allow uh, and not even speak against it, Islamic nations where Christians are murdered every year, or China, which not only murders Christians, but murders gays and trans people all the time. They won't say anything about those folks. In fact, they'll praise those folks for their communist regime. But when it comes to something like this that has maybe impacted them a little bit, then they want to get mad at God. But the problem is they don't even have a, an ability to show you why life is of any value. Cosmic accidents don't have any value. Therefore, they shouldn't even be angry about that. They have no right to yeah, be gotta, angry yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so In fact, what they should be saying is, oh, thank you, God of evolution, for not having me fall victim to that. Because according to their worldview, they're just survivors. And those who didn't, well, it's survival of the fittest, and they were weaker and unfit. Therefore, according to their worldview, they should be more than happy that those unfit people aren't able to breathe. But they can't even be consistent with their own worldview. And that's yeah. the reality of that. Yeah, the thing is, is whenever God is God, and it's another, you know, I guess another little, uh, um, I haven't seen a meme of it, but it's totally <laughs> memeable from Frank Turk's mouth, you know, just another thing just to let you know that here, here's what, here's, I just uh, talked about, I'm, I, guys that I, I, I love so much and agree with so much, you know, where I disagree with them. And here's a guy that I disagree with so much, but here's where I agree with them, um, is whenever God acts as God, is what it, where Frank Turk says, when God acts as God, you hate it. You know, that's right. You know, God can't act like God. 
Um, and, and the thing is, is, you know, even though Frank Turk, uh, his, his theology can't support this statement, I don't have to be embarrassed by the fact that I can say, uh, and with John Piper, guess what? Or God, God ordained COVID. Yeah. And I can totally be okay with saying that because I know the full, full, uh, the full context of what God's declared, um, and why he's declared it to be so, though I don't know everything, um, you know, this is not evil again in, in a, a, a evolutionary worldview in a materialist worldview. And so, you know, if you listen to conversations and I hear them all day in the barbershop, I see, I see the philosoph what you call philosophical schizophrenia, um, where, yeah. you know, and, and one breath, um, I've heard somebody say, you know, like we have too many people in the world. Um, I just wish something would kill off a bunch of people, you know, so they become ecologists and like, Hey, the world is, is, uh, suffering. We're running out of resources. There's too many people in the world. Let's uh, start killing them off. I hope natural processes come and kill them off, blah, 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 blah. blah. But then a f first person that comes in, um, that's a believer and, um, you know, then, Thank God that thanks for killing 1.6 million people, God. <laughs> and then they turn right. into, you know, cause so if God exists and 1.6 million people die, it's a bad thing. And that's because of, they don't understand the worldview, which is those people deserve it anyway. Um, and, right. and, and, but the thing is I can say it like that, but I can still be sad about it. I am sad that the condition that we're in and, uh, but I can accept the fact that, um, the people who died, um, like we, we all will die. And I have to live with the reality that we all will die. We will die of something. Um, well, again, and, and uh, it could, you know, right now it would be unfortunate if I died of COVID, but then again, if I don't die of COVID, something else can come in and creep up and kill me. Um, and I live in that reality. And I know that it is because of sin that people die of whatever they die from. And no, I don't want to go around and lick doorknobs and, you know, accelerate the process of dying. Um, I am called to be a good steward of my body and to protect myself. Um, but you know, to, to, to go back and just say, you know, whenever God exists and if people die, Hey God, I'm just going to focus on this one aspect. Cause I hate you. Uh, thanks for killing at 1.6 million people. Look, your God's a murderer is what they're trying to say. Um, whenever yeah. they know he's not a murderer, he is just, um, when anybody who dies, um, however they die, um, it is, it is a just thing. If God definitely is seen and taking that person's life, no matter what the, the COVID, the, the virus is ordained by God. And so is the person's death. That's right. And here's the other thing. Again, the inconsistency is this, what they should be doing is celebrating that there's now 1.6 million people who aren't depleting our resources, yeah. who aren't contributing to uh, greenhouse gases that are bringing about global climate change. But they're not going to do that, right? They're yeah. going to find whatever means they can to shake their fist at God and curse the God that made them, all the while while breathing His air, right? All the while by not being able, while not being able to account for uh, any reason morally why it's wrong for these people to to be dead and, and why that even matters, right? Again, cosmic accidents can't make moral statements, yeah. right? They can't yeah. make objectively moral statements. Yeah, but they do all the time. And I mean, this is, again, I've, I've mentioned the meme before where um, uh, a guy is talking to another guy in the meme and he's saying, you know, and he's pretty much agreeing with Nietzsche. And uh, he says, uh, you know, basically nothing, everything's meaningless. There's no good, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, 
apparently, you know, the, the whole, the whole point and, and the, 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 the there's a two, two panel uh, meme. So what happened in the meme that you did in the panel that you didn't see the implicit thing is he ends up showing up um, with bruises. So basically he told this guy what he told him and the guy just beat the crap out of him. Right. And now he's in the next panel, he's talking to the cops saying, Oh, it was beat up and robbed and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so it's again, philosophical, uh, schizophrenia there. You got to listen to it and stuff like that. So, uh, what do we do, Dave? You know, like 1.6, say if the, if this number is correct, uh, but a lot of people have died, um, um, with COVID, yeah. but, but also a lot of people die from pneumonia after getting the flu and I'm not equivocating things, but I'm just saying like there are, we die from a lot of things. <laughs> and God ordains every bit of it. And that's it's all right to be for his glory. Um, but you know, that is the, that is the problem of evil. It exists, but why does it exist? It's our, yeah. it, it's our, it, it was our abject um, rebellion against God. That's right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, how, why do you have, why do you jump into the Christian worldview just to slap God in the face? Um, so obviously, um, but reject him the whole time. I mean, you're again, this goes into that. It goes into the fact that as Cornelius Van Til says that atheism presupposes theism. And this is a, a show. This is where, you know, and, it, and again, this is in a buy sell trade Springfield, Missouri thing. This is, this is people showing that they hate God. Um, though when you ask them about it and press them about it, oh, God doesn't exist. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God exists. Well, you just made a, a, a truth claim, but you can't do that in your worldview, justify truth claims, um, stuff like that. But you, you really can't go in a buy sell <laughs> trade group and want to, and, and expect a, actually a good discussion, but we do need to find people that are <laughs> posting these kind of things and actually create a relationship and talk to them. Amen. talk to him about it but you know this is a this is a meme that tries to slap god in the face with something um but it doesn't at all especially it doesn't have anything to, it doesn't have anything that it can use it doesn't have anything solid enough to slap him in the face <laughs> yeah yep and so so we'll go on to our third and last meme uh for this special uh meme episode of tag your it anyway so let me pull that one down do to do to do. I think I listened to too much James White because I just did what he did there. <laughs> Love you, James White. Don't agree with you on the mask thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here's the meme that uh, just really takes the cake. This one, yeah, Dave shared with me. But anyway, I'll explain it for uh, you guys in the podcast land. Uh, it's uh, Bob's Burgers one, and I uh, forgot her name, but it's the. Uh, sort of uh, more of the dorkier daughter just staring like leaning back in a chair and staring anyway but above it um it says uh god is technically pro-choice he gave humans free will for a reason so idk i don't know uh what you all what all you pro-lifers are screaming about if god won't even make my choices what gives anyone of you the authority to think that you should Take it. Go to town, Dave. Go to town. Yeah, well, so, uh, first of all, my problem would be with the understanding of human free will. Uh, again, I'm a compatibilist. Adam is a compatibilist. There is creaturely will, which is in, <coughs> excuse me, which is within God's decree. Yeah. And so, while it looks like free will to us, again, God's decree is that he has decreed the beginning from the end. We are not puppets on a string. 
but he has given us creaturely free will, which is, again, under his authority and sovereignty. So their idea of free will is some type of complete libertarian free will where I get to choose whatever happens. Well, God has given you your desires, and you're not going to choose outside of those desires. And therefore, this idea of, of God giving free will uh, in this libertarian sense is, again, I believe completely and fundamentally counter to what Scripture says. And so uh, her idea of free will being libertarian is not within a Christian worldview, and she doesn't even have the framework or the foundation to, to come at it or to speak of what free will is to begin with. Yeah, but and then it's also neglecting to, yeah. Genesis 3 as well. So this yes. is a person that's probably going to maintain image bearer of God, never got messed up at all, or at least uh, in the classical uh, sense of, of what we're dealing with with a classical apologist. The, the mind was not messed up. We can still next. I would, <laughs> yeah, next I would ne I would state that pro-lifers aren't the ones screaming. Yeah, uh, you have a real issue there and a categorical error that you've made. It's not pro-lifers. Pro-lifers want to see uh, the not the abolition of abortion, but they want to see abortion step by step as a procedure slowly and incrementally and they're incrementalists right yeah they want to see it slowly and incrementally uh brought down to some point of still being legal right but the government should be in charge of making it legal and should be the arbitrators of what is legal and what is illegal so you don't have any pro-lifers screaming you have abolitionists saying yeah. no it is murder and we have a standard to uphold, which is what Scripture tells us. And it says very clearly in Scripture that human beings are formed within the womb by God. They are image bearers, and to kill them is murder mm. itself, according to God's word. And therefore, we should be following what God has said and standing at the gates of death and speaking and being a voice for those who cannot speak for themselves. And so those are the ones that are screaming. It's not the pro-lifers that are screaming. It's the uh, individuals, right, that are uh, uh, saying we must abolish abortion and we must make it illegal uh, because those who are being put to death can't speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, pro-lifers are actually probably their best friends right now. Yeah, so I mean, this is again, this is just will worship and all that kind of stuff uh, that you see. But, you know, to say that God won't make my choices, um, though he doesn't make our choices, we make our choices. Okay, this is incompatibilism. We make our choices, yeah. but they will go for a certain, they will go a certain direction to ba based on how God has decreed things from the before the foundations of the world. Uh, Jesus was put to death. Um, that, and from, and, and Jesus going to death, like if we're talking about like some sort of butterfly effect, uh, you go all the way back to creation and then every choice by every person in the world that was made culminated, um, and has some sort of, some sort of, um, force in the fact that Jesus went to the cross. So throughout all those generations, all that stuff that went on, all those choices made, God decreed from before creation that he would send his son to die 
and the choices of uh, Pilate and uh, the choices of Judas, the choices of, of the leadership of, of Israel, all those were from the beginning of the world to happen to send Christ to the cross. Yeah, so, speak out yeah. on behalf of yeah, the voice so God, God and the make, rights of all who are vulnerable. Speak yeah. out in order to judge with righteousness and defend the needy and the poor. Yeah. Those are the abolitionists who are doing that. It's not the pro-lifers. Yeah, and so I mean, a postmodernist thing to do is to decontextualize truth. So um, if you're speaking from a, a, a free will with a definition that's decontextualized, that's your problem. Um, free will has a context. Um, and like I said, like if you're a London Baptist uh, confessor, we do have what free will is, um, what we believe about creaturely free will versus God's will. And I know that puts us in um, a category of people that I know some people that we've hung out with would probably not like us for this, <laughs> you know, a creaturely free will. Um, but, you know, we do have it, but it is, um, you know, we're not, it's not uh, material. It's not like material determinism on the materialist side. Uh, of things, but we actually, you know, material determinists can't even make sense of free will anyway. So, <laughs> you know, pro-choicers are, are, you know, being pro-choice. I understand that not everybody um, who is pro-choice is um, either conscious or consciously materialist determinist and or at least evolutionary. You know, I know that there's some people that that uh, inconsistently hold to Christianity and um, the okay for abortion. Um, so I'm not going to just generalize, but for the most part, pro-choice position comes from a materialist position that can't even make sense of will in the first place. Um, so right. why can't we beat you down for something we don't like you doing? <laughs> you know, Again, we're uh, commanded yeah. uh, in Proverbs 31 verses 8 and verses 9 to open our mouth for the mute it says in the ESV yeah. and for the rights of those who are destitute yeah why do we want to call people to stop killing babies because god has commanded us his word tells us to be a voice for the voiceless and yeah. so we do have the right to say what is sin when we see our brother in sin we're supposed to bring it to them when we see anyone in sin we're supposed to proclaim the gospel to them. And rarely have I ever seen an abolitionist not also present their uh, plea without bringing the gospel right beside it. And so, yeah, this is just absurd and, again, demonstrates, uh, again, a, a massive misunderstanding of the Bible. And it demonstrates that the atheist is not a consistent theologian ever. Yeah. And their critique of Christianity is never biblically consistent because they're ignorant of scripture. Yeah. And so what gives uh, one, anyone authority to speak on this uh, and to uh, govern and, uh, and to want to say, make a law that would say law of the land against abortion and stuff like that. Um, or, or just, just having the authority to say, choice to, to make your choice for you. Well, um, you're, I'd say this person's pretty darn happy that, uh, somebody else has made the choice to make a law against murder in general. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're not in an abortion sense. Uh, it's not recognized as, uh, the, the unjustified taking of life of a human being, um, that, but. that has inherent rights given to them being an image bearer of God. Um, but, uh, you know, so what gives anyone, the thing is I, I'm, I, and this is, this is something again that comes up in conversation, uh, who are you? And I'm like, I don't have authority. 
I am not speaking from authority. I am speaking, I'm appealing to authority, but I'm not the authority and I'm not making a, an autonomous claim. I'm making a derivative claim. I am speaking for God. I'm a, I'm, I'm an ambassador as if he's making his appeal through me. I am not the one to appeal to. And so whenever I make my claims, uh, hopefully I'm making studied claims of the word. So that whenever I say something is as if God said it, um, because That's it's right. his word and that I haven't colored it or anything with me, but that it That's is right. pure word of God. So, you know, what gives me the authority to seek, um, to, uh, to go up to the civil magistrate on an, an injustice issue is the fact that, well, they are ministers of God. The scripture calls them a minister of God to wield the sword against the evildoer and to reward those who do good. But all the, all that requires a, a standard and I use the same standard. Well, if it's the scripture that tells me that they are ministers of God to wield the sword against good and evil, then good and evil is also defined in the same, um, in the same way by the word of God, um, by the standards right. of God. I have one consistent, coherent standard to be able to mess with all of that. I'm not having to jump ship anywhere. Um, and, and all that. So I don't, again, this is a, a, a false idea that, I am, I am, I'm, a, I'm an authority in and of myself when I'm not. So I, I don't think I'm authority, but I can um, say that we should not murder people. And I'm sure that there would be an agreement there. We shouldn't murder people. But then what is the definition of people? Again, if you are a materialist, you don't have a definition of people past particles. Well, and here's the particles. issue. Yeah. And here's the issue. Uh, so many on the pro choice side have such a, uh, short-sighted view of history. Uh, I finished up Mark Knoll's book, uh, The Civil War as a Theological Controversy. And the arguments that are being made today to continue abortion by the pro-lifers are the exact same arguments that were used to justify slavery. That's not a joke, mm. right? Uh, I've read their arguments. They're listed by Mark Knoll in that book. Those Individuals who are arguing so vehemently for abortion to continue don't realize that they've actually picked up the script of every single person that would justify slavery 150 years ago. And if they knew that, they wouldn't be making the same arguments. And those arguments were refuted. It really came down to what is human and who gets to decide what is human. Do you do you, human beings and their five pound brains or does God and his eternal goodness and eternal holiness as decreed in his word get to decide it's God and his word. Right. And, yeah. and that's where it comes. That's where it really comes down to. And I think you hit it right on. What is human? And so a meme like this, at least for me, demonstrates some real problems. Number one, they don't know about God and God's sovereignty. Number two, they don't understand human free will or creaturely free will, right? And number three, they don't recognize the difference between a pro-lifer and an abolitionist, which is, again, a categorical issue. And finally, they don't recognize the sovereignty of God in his word and the authority of God in his word. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so they also don't recognize God's command to us to tell people to stop for us to stand at the gates of death and tell them not to murder. 
Yeah. And it's a, it'd be interesting though. You know, the kind of question that comes to my mind is uh, the person, the, the person who made this meme or the people who agree with this meme and share this kind of meme, um, are they going to say this in this instance, but then they're all, they're going to be the ones um, that would say that I have no choice in wearing a mask or not. Yeah. You know, and so again, philosophical uh, schizophrenia, you know, if you could connect the dots there um, with somebody, I mean, that's just a, you know, that's just one of those things to say and a question to ask, well, you, you, you know, and it's not just a mask thing or it just could be anything, anything that they would believe um, that uh, there should be an authority that says um, you should do or not do this uh, kind of a thing. Like why here, why is this the arbitrary thing, um, that you are saying that you shouldn't be judged for, or, you know, you should be able to have a right to choose, you know, to, um, to kill a human day, a human being, um, in the womb. Um, but you know, but you, you shouldn't be able to tell me to do that, but you sh- you can tell me to do this, this, and this could be, because I agree, um, with these things. So then again, you become your own standard. You are basically God in that situation and stuff. But, you know, you can point out arbitrariness. You can point out, you know, this is the AIP test kind of stuff that you can utilize, um, with these memes. So if you see anybody posting this, you know, um, instead of just attacking them directly and just, you know, I mean, you can talk about the meme, but, uh, kind of see where they are on other issues, see where they're being arbitrary, see, be see where they're being a philosophical schizophrenic uh in that sense point it out and uh show them um again argue uh, don't don't argue with the fool according to their folly right um lest you be like them but um argue with them um to make them not wise in their own eyes <laughs> you know proverbs 26 4 and 5 um our little uh as presuppositionalist as covenantalist our approach um whenever we do uh, uh, defend the truth and uh, argue worldviews and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can definitely do that um, whenever you see memes like this. But yeah, this is just totally abject, just a slap in the face <laughs> kind of meme that's just totally absurd. Um, and it's just uh, stuff like this just kind of makes me like open my eyes and say, "Wow!" But I'm not surprised. But um, yeah, I'm done with the meme anyway. I don't know if you got any. Yeah, more me too, man. Yeah. I think we covered all three of them good. Yeah. We've we've done it in a, in a good show. I think it's have a yeah. good show length. So, man, well, what a blessing it was to get two shows in when we yeah, thought we were only going to get parts. one in. <laughs> yeah, we've done that. We're I, I said uh, before uh, we got on this the second one, we're bad forecasters, but that's okay. You know, uh, people don't know how to do the weather right anyway. It's been it's been supposed to raining. Oh, it's supposed to it had supposed to rain so many times over the summer, and I just uh, didn't believe the meteorologist, and I uh, got home dry, or I went to work dry and came home dry on my scooter, and it's been beautiful. <laughs> because they've been so wrong. So I don't mind being a bad forecaster anyway, because good things ensue whenever we're bad forecasters anyway, instead of one show, we get two um, and stuff. And so we're able to continue what we normally do our tradition one, one show a week. But uh, yeah, with that said, I think we, I uh, think we did a good job on that and uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, leave it to the next time we're able to come together. So, you know, it might be a little bit before we get to another live show uh, again, days, um, having to do this uh, from 31st is the 31st 31st yeah. Oh, yeah 31st is the next uh, time we'll get together we do have some uh, really cool things coming up just to let you guys know uh, Rob Phillips has uh, come up with a book um, I don't I think we might have talked about it before but if we didn't I got it right here but he's got a book uh, that he wrote this year and so you know the past couple of years we uh, got together 
And uh, we, Dave and I went up to uh, Jefferson City to the Missouri Baptist Convention building um, to do a show from his office. But we just had, with, with everything going on, plus Dave's surgery, just there's so much, um, we didn't get to make it a three year in a row. You know, once we've done it three years, considered tradition. But we still wanted to keep the tradition up. He came up with the new book this year uh, called Jesus Before Bethlehem What Every Christian Should Know About the Angel of the Lord. So please get in the Old Testament. Um, it's a very good, good book and a good resource on just going through those appearances, um, talking about just the doctrine of angels. It's a lot of stuff that we don't dig into a whole lot. Um, this is a really good uh, systematic sort of approach to just getting into the scriptures, um, looking for uh, patterns, looking for things, um, and uh, he sets it up pretty good in the very beginning, and then goes through a lot of. The, uh, goes through the examples where you see angel of the Lord or angel going like, is this, you know, like just for example, a lot of there, there is that whole issue with um, Melchizedek. Is that, is that actually just a, just a guy or is that Jesus? Um, and so there, there is debate, you know, theologically over that, but you know, this is, that's the kind of stuff that's in this book. So we will, uh, get with Rob on, uh, I think, did we say the 31st or is that actually in September? Uh, 14th, 14th of September. Um, so we'll, yeah. we'll we're going to make a, uh, make an interview with him happen. We've got some other stuff coming up. Um, we are working on having a really awesome show on miracles. Um, Dave and I are doing some study on that so we can, you know, kind of do what Rob does in a book just in a podcast form in an hour <laughs> anyway, just to kind of get uh, talking about miracles. Cause that's going to get into our discussions with, um, well, people like Richard Howe and all that kind of stuff, you know, how, you know, he doesn't believe that we, you, 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 that you can really deal with miracles at the very beginning, but it's a miracle, um, that we can even have conversation. Right. Um, so we have to deal with miracles in our apologetics. So um, it would be really good to discuss miracles and why we believe them and all that, all that kind of stuff from a presuppositional or covenantal apologetic uh, worldview or just that, that covenantal worldview, um, reformed worldview. Anyway, consistently reformed worldview. There's so, so many arguments that go on. Anyway, with that said, uh, we'll finish the podcast. This is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.